So that's episode four. It's a wrap. Bam. It's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. it's been a while. It's been... Oof. When was the last recording? It was last year somewhere. End of November, I think, or early December. One of those. And, yeah, and then silly season started. Yeah, and then everything, everywhere just went downhill. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good festive season? Um, yeah, you can say that. Uh, I learned something about me and my personality spending time with family. And I learned that there is a limit to how long it's enjoyable. <laughs> and that limit is 10 days. So it's a new rule in my life that uh, I'm going to try and see my family for 10 continuous days. And then I would rather leave on a high note and have a good memory of the holidays than have it feel like it's stretched out a bit too long, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. I had a similar experience with uh, with the in-laws. It was, uh, it was fun in the beginning and then got a bit long. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many stories you can tell. And then, yeah. I want to go and work on something a little bit, but I can't because I didn't bring anything productive with me. So here I am. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was telling you about the the physio hurting me. Oh, yeah. So the problem was that I, I have a spasm in my lower back on the left, and then she worked on that a bit, and then that released. And then it was like everything else started hurting, Ooh. like all of the muscles, like the pains I had five, six, seven years ago, you know, shoulder pains, neck pains, all of those old pains started coming back. That's not great at all. So the the spasm was a compensation pain kind of thing, like a problem area, which manifested in my left hip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then when that got a bit of a relief and a, and a, and a poke, um, everything else started working again. And now I'm just hurting everywhere. Oh no. Pain 24 seven. It's not great, but at least I know it's getting better now. She started, she says like those parts hurting, that's the muscles that should be working that weren't really working. And now they are. Yeah. So now they're doing their jobs again, or at least trying to. Yeah. So um, I'm making a concerted effort to to sit up, sit better, have better posture. <laughs> Your uh, little utility is is helping a lot. Oh, you're using it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, it's no, it's it's great. You should link to that in the show notes. I will. Yeah, it's uh, it only works on Windows, and it only works if your screens are next to each other, so it doesn't do the one on top of the other orientation nicely at all. But yeah, it's useful for me. So that's as far as I thought about it. Yeah, I've, I've got my screens on top of each other. So I might have to dig through your code. Oh, yeah, it's, it's literally like two lines. So Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't, I've, I'm using it. It is a bit, it's not perfect. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a quick reminder. And then I'm not, you know, I'm, it's gone anyway. So yeah, exactly. That's all it needs to do. Yeah, let me try that again. That's all it needs to do. I'm going to focus on on speaking better again for now yeah yeah our pronunciation can be better that is <laughs> that is true um I, because i think also we forget that this is a pre-recorded podcast so we can uh try again <laughs> yeah yeah I, my mind goes back into the state of no we're just having a normal conversation and i'm sure you know what i meant so let me carry on that's, that's no no don't do that no that's true speaking of mm. something interesting happened i don't know if you noticed but the podcast is live. <gasps> is it live? Is it really? <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> Who would have thought? Where can people find the podcast? Well, just about everywhere they want to look for it. So yeah, it's a good thing, I think. <laughs> All right. So the URL is uh, relativelyproductive.com. 
And uh, I don't have the social links in front of me. What's the <laughs> Facebook? No, there's no Facebook. We'll, we'll never have it on Facebook. They're the overlords, remember? That's true. It's on Twitter at rel underscore productive. And it's on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify. And it's just go search for it if you really want or click anywhere where you're looking now. There'll be a link for you. But if you're listening to this, then you probably figured it out already. So well done. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> if people are listening to it, they know where to find it. <laughs> you found it. Congratulations. The secret's out. This is a paradox. <laughs> Uh, it is good though, mm. just for us to acknowledge that we did a thing and now it's live. Yeah. For me, it's not that novel, but for you, it's it's starting. I'm starting to see a trend. New blogs up, new podcasts is up. I like this. You should keep it going. Yeah. For me, this is this is new. This is um, yeah, I like it. But it feels good. Yeah. And it feels good not doing it alone. Oh, definitely yes. Yeah, doing it with someone is definitely better. Well, yeah, I, I haven't launched that many things in the past um, solo, but yeah, doing launching something with someone is, is a lot more fun. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. It's just someone else who I know and trust thinks the same way about stuff to look over something. It's That's really helpful so far. So yeah. I'm excited. And from my part, not having to be the one that does the make it live click, that, that helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of make it live clicks, I'm actually using Todoist now for proper checklists of things to do. And it's really fun. So far, the posting one is 19 items long, which is the most steps I've ever done in my life sequentially. So for me, that's a bit fun. You know, I get to use the tools like you big boys use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We having launched the podcast and everything is live. That also means that if you're listening to this, past few episodes didn't make much sense because we were speaking of things at the end of the year. You probably caught on that we meant at the end of last year, which is why you'll also see in the show notes for those episodes that we added the recording date. That's probably not going to be something we're going to include always, but just for the timeline to make a little bit of sense, I think it, it was a good call on your part that we have it there for now. Yeah, yeah. Note to future self, when you're pre-recording things, try to uh, tread lightly around dates, mentioning dates and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dates are weird. They come and they go. And then next thing you know, it's just, what, last year? No, that's ages ago. So yeah, we recorded at the end of 2018 and uh, decided to launch at the beginning of 2019. So that <laughs> makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we do things around here. Um, we were busy with other things we can't tell you about, so stop asking. Yeah. What is time anyway? Yeah, exactly. Oh, ah, so, that was so I like time, it. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the last blog post that I wrote that uh, goes into time and how I think about time. Um, I think it was it's a really good blog post. It's a really good one. Thank you very much. It's kind of a, the start of uh, of something potentially great. I think it's my way of digging through the mess that is my brain and trying to uh, put something coherent together, which hopefully September zero will grow into. It's still not a long way to go but but i'm i'm excited to actually finally get some stuff out it's it feels good yeah it's making progress it feels really good yeah i am um, since we're going to be speaking about time in this episode i tried to gather my thoughts around it and i tried once again to write a blog post about it and just can't it's it's there's too many things it's like a million different things pulling and poking in each direction so i don't know maybe someday i'll be able to blog about it I'm going to try my best to verbalize what I mean, but no promises. We'll see where this goes. Um, 
Oh, was that it? I thought you actually wanted to go into saying something about time now. Uh, no, well, we can. I don't mind if you want to well, do it now. Let's, before we get into time, uh, should we just finish a uh, follow-up from the previous episode? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I lost my gratitude pebble. <laughs> and then I found it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I lost it for a proper two to three weeks, actually. <laughs> and then I, I, I found it again. I found that so funny when you told me about it. I, I honestly, like, yeah, it's it's so funny, man. I'm glad you found it. Yeah. But yeah. also, you did mention it's not. There's nothing special about the specific pebble. It's more the idea. Yeah, that's kind of the point. I can always replace it. But uh, it was. Yeah, I just sent you photos for the show notes and everything. Yeah, it's like lost it. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, these things happen, you know. Yeah, it does. And uh, next bit of follow up for me was that Toggle listened to uh, to our episode. Definitely. Yep. Specifically, it went live, and they immediately immediately improved the smart notifications. Thanks, dudes. We appreciate that. And do dates. Yep. Thanks, for Toggle, for listening. You guys are great. Listening to your uh, to your users. <clears throat> then uh previous episode we talked about screen time a lot <laughs> while we meant downtime yeah those two things are the same thing in my mind so i take most of the responsibility for that Half of the time, I'll say the one, half of the time, the other. Because I, I started using both of them at the same time. So, <laughs> you know, it just blends together. <laughs> yeah. Um, over December, when we were away, my um, my charger for my Apple Watch broke. So I was forced to do the phantom vibration experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and what results did you find? Um, it's a hard thing to track, right? So, I mean, the only thing you can really do is, did I feel any vibrations today at, on my wrists at times that I was supposed to get notifications or not? And I did in the beginning for a bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but it actually stopped happening... I don't know if I just stopped noticing it or if I, but that's the thing. Is it, is it a phantom vibration if you don't notice it? <laughs> <laughs> when a tree falls in the woods. <laughs> um, so yeah, I only noticed it a couple of times, maybe three or four times and then not again. That's interesting. Yeah. And now that I have my watch again, I think there might be a problem with my dew. I don't think I'm getting vibrations and I don't know if for a long time i maybe wasn't even getting vibrations on my watch and i didn't even notice the phantom vibrations went the other way right so now i'm at a point where i look at my watch and i see okay a due notification went off but i didn't feel it so did it actually go off now so i think we actually need to do a set a set an alarm for just before the timer and then sit and wait for a minute and check does it actually go <laughs> um because i think do you either do as a bug or my watch just some setting somewhere it still vibrates because it vibrates if it rings if my like if i get a phone call so i don't know i did get some phantom vibrations and it was weird because i wasn't even wearing my watch and then i was like it feels like I should be doing something now. And then I get this weird sensation in my wrist and I take up my phone and check my phone. It's like, this is exactly when I usually get my midday review notification. So it was a bit freaky. That, that is a bit scary, yeah. Yeah, but it went away really quickly. It was only for like the first few days after I stopped wearing the watch that it happened. And then 
didn't happen again. It was interesting. I've got a slight phantom vibration experiment where I'm now wearing an Apple Watch continuously, thanks to your kindness. That's my pleasure. (laughs) So I'm now part of the Apple Watch fan club. And since I'm no longer wearing my Fitbit, which always used to wake me up in the mornings with vibrations, now I don't have that morning alarm. And this morning was the first morning I woke up without a vibration or without even wearing a watch. And I did not have the vibration. I will keep a keep track of when my arm feels like it's vibrating when I wake up. I thought it would this morning because it's the first night, but yeah, nothing so far. So are you sleeping with the Apple Watch? No, it needs to charge quite a while. And the only way I can fit it into my lifestyle is just not sleeping with it and having it on charge. Right. But you can sleep with a Fitbit. Yeah, but I'm going to sell it. You know, I'm, I'm too much of a one device for one purpose guy. I can't have two different devices for the same thing. Right, I hear you. Yeah. I was seriously on the edge between going with the Fitbit, just keeping it or switching over to the Apple Watch. And I must say the last thing that convinced me to stay with the Apple Watch was that I can use my wireless headset with it. Yes. Using music on the watch. Yes. For gym, that is incredible because now I can listen to Apple music in the gym. As soon as I figured out that's something that's possible, I went... Cool, Fitbit, I'm selling you. And with Overcost, you can preload podcasts on there as well. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm still I'm still figuring it out. It's been it's been slow and steady, you know. It is interesting coming from a device that's dedicated to fitness and heart rate tracking. Because with the Fitbit I had, it measures your heart rate every five seconds. Unless you're doing an exercise, then it's every second. So you have very specific data of what's your heart rate for the day, when were you busy, when weren't you busy, mm. versus with this, it tracks your heart rate every five minutes. So it's it's a lot more of a, a give and take situation. This is a smartwatch with health data as an optional extra, basically. Yes. Whereas the Fitbit is a dedicated health data device with one or two notifications as an optional extra, and that's it. But, you know, I, the music thing is great. The to-doist on my watch is incredible. So yeah, man, we'll see where it goes. Awesome, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. So on, on the topic of the health stuff, for me, it's not that big of a deal because the health features of the watch to me is secondary. Yeah. The main thing that I use it for is notifications to myself and um, keeping myself on a schedule by having my next calendar event always shown on my on my watch. Because I block everything out on my calendar, that means if I have the calendar line on my watch, I always know what I need to be working on now. And then when it gets close to the next event, what the next thing is I need to be working on. So if I look at my watch, I can immediately see what should I be doing? Am I doing this? No, you're not. (laughs) Get your act together. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes sense. So yeah, it's just been interesting for me, you know, seeing coming from the other side. So also at this point, I don't really care about my fitness data that much at all. So it is easy to make that transition, but I did think that the Apple Watch was much more health data orientated. So now if someone asks me, should I get an Apple Watch or should I get a Fitbit? It's 100%. If you want to get in shape and, you know, know to the T how many calories you burn today, get a Fitbit without a shadow of a doubt. But if you want to do anything past that, if you want to get an email on your watch and be able to do anything about it, then don't even think about it. Get the Apple Watch. Yeah. I mean, like with anything else in life, you need to figure out what the purpose is of the thing, right? And and 
get the thing for the purpose that you need it for. But this just looks so much cooler though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all sleek and black. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the other app that I have on my watch is um, Drafts. Oh, yes. Because the dictation on Drafts is actually really good. So it's like a one press microphone thingy that you, okay, well, it's actually two presses because you click once to open the draft thing and then you press the microphone and then you dictate to it and it, it makes a note. That is useful, yeah. And the dictation, the it's actually pretty good at uh, translating broken South African English. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a superpower in there. Yeah, so um, that's pretty useful as well. So I use that kind of while I'm driving and I need to make a quick note. When you need to capture those uh, those fleeting ideas, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still rocking my my old paper and pencil situation. Maybe I'll report back on that sometime. But it's been. A month and a half, I think, of me carrying one of those little field notes, 48-page memo books with me 24-7. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. I love it. I'll never not have one with me now. I've decided it's great. I've, I did that for a long time. And um, I don't know, for some reason, I kind of moved away from it. But it's always a thing that I go back to when I feel lost. Like if I feel like I don't have clear direction, then I start carrying one again. And I leave my phone, well, intentionally forget my phone <laughs> places and uh, at the office. And I'll just go for a walk on the beach right? and just try to not be around technology. That helps. That makes perfect sense. That's largely why I got one. So I've been using OneNote as the note-taking device of choice, and it's just so slow on my very old iPhone that it doesn't make sense for me to wait seven seconds for it to launch. So I tried the standard Notes app, and I'm sort of using it more on my iPad, so it syncs and it's all weird. Mm. So I just decided I'm going to go simple. I'm going to have a piece of paper. And I'm happy so far. It's cool. I still need to figure out some way of either scanning it or digitizing the pages with OCR or something once it's filled up, but that's an issue for a later date. Yeah, so I know OneNote and Evernote has OCR. Well, you have the iPad. You could also take photos and put it into a GoodNotes project or um, a GoodNotes document because that also has OCR and it's searchable and everything. That's that's ideal. That's exactly what I actually want. Yeah, I'll look into that. And it, it's, you can back it up as PDFs onto like Google Drive. So you have PDF of all of your screenshots that you, your photos you took. You can also use uh, the Dropbox app. That's actually what I use to scan stuff most of the time because it does that all. It's got a, on the Dropbox app on the phone, if you press the add button, there's a scan option. If you pick the scan option, it actually scans the page and it does like a whole, flattens it and brings out the text and everything. And then you can save that as a PDF somewhere and then import that into like GoodNotes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then it will be completely searchable. I use something called Insta PDF, which also does that scan and make a document PDF from, from just pages and it auto crops and all of those kind of things. So it's useful for that, but it's not searchable or anything. So yeah, that's something to look into. Yeah. So the moment you import that into like either Evernote, I, I have tried OneNote OCR before. It's not it's not that great. Yeah, I don't want to make the one any slower than it is already. But the GoodNotes one is pretty good. Um, there's another one that I'm missing now that also has really good OCR. Oh, uh, Rocketbook. Um, they've got an app that you can also take photos of things and then you can send it to locations. Um, and the OCR on that is also 
kind of decent. It's not perfect, not, but no OCR is perfect. And I write horribly, so it's it's a losing battle from the start. Yeah. But just having it as a some sort of a digital file. I mean, the the best advice I can give you for OCR is have a font for handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Write, you know, just practice until your handwriting looks like a font. Yeah, I'll get my Futura on, on point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drop the comic sans, just write like you like write write font, man. <laughs> How vertical, there you go. The closer you can get to Arial, the better. Oh, that sounds like a boring, boring life. Uh yeah. Any feedback from you? Oh, we're still on follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't spoken in so long. I'm enjoying just the follow-up part of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, not really, I think. I sent the, the live links to a few friends. Uh, bearing in mind, it's not really the kind of topics they would listen to on their own, but they, they were champions and they missioned through the first episode. And I think one of them listened to the second episode all on their own. So that's nice. Thanks, guys, if you're listening now. They had good things to say. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I also sent the... By the way, I need to say y'all less. I say <laughs> y'all a lot. You did say y'all a few times. Let's just let's add a little disclaimer in here. Y'all means yes. Okay. If you hear that, pretend you're Swedish and we're speaking in a Swedish tone. <laughs> or Afrikaans, whichever one you like. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few other ones that also have y'all. Um, I also sent it to a few friends. Got some decent feedback. Also, like a bunch of people wanting to know more about time tracking. Oh. So we might have to start preparing for the time tracking extravaganza. Yeah, we will. We will definitely do a how to track your time episode really quickly. Yeah, that's very high on the on the episode list that I'm looking at, and it isn't. But in my mind, it's very high on the list. Yeah, we need to dig into that soon. And um, I think accompanying that, we need to also make well. Not need to. We will definitely also make some scripts available. Yep, yep. Some series shortcuts, and um, it's it's actually fun. We can maybe I think there's some cool stuff we can we can put together for that. For sure, yeah. We're both quite heavy into the time tracking stuff, and it'll be fun. We've both got got systems in place for it, and mine is simple so it's a really easy way to get started and if you want to go to the expert level then i'm sure yours will be able to uh to fill in the holes that mine doesn't look at mine actually yeah well mine is it, it's a lot simpler than it was now just because of siri shortcuts and all that stuff yeah that's just ah, it's so good yeah it's not it's not that intricate anymore but it is a bit there's a, some stuff I just need to sort out around my categories, but uh, categories is such a personal thing. Yeah, exactly. You can slice and dice them a thousand different ways if you want. Exactly. That's just, that's up to you, how you want to do it and how you want to use tags and how you want to use all that stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll do that. Don't, don't worry. Yeah. So, um, we're discussing, uh, time because that's the only thing we have in the show notes. Yeah. Before you can track your time, you need to know what your time is. That, ooh. Yeah, that, that's See, smart. It's almost like I rehearsed that. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't rehearse it. I just came in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm so <laughs> conscious of saying ya now, but I'm still saying it. Don't worry, ya is better than um. I think because ya is like it's foreign. Is oh is is it foreign? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you speak foreign, eh? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a South African ad? There was this this. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I can't we'll, explain it to people. Yeah, no, we need to we need to go dig that ad out somewhere on YouTube. I think it was some sort of an insurance ad or something, but it, it has to be there. If we'll find it this bit, well at least some of this bit will be in and there'll be a link in the show notes. Yeah. 
a little bit of South African culture. I'd love it when you speak foreign, eh? If you're enjoying this episode, we would really appreciate it if you took the time to leave a review and a rating on your podcast app of choice. Okay, that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Now back to the show. We don't really have a format for what we want to talk about this, but I, I think my thoughts, I pretty much put down exactly how I see and try to perceive time in my life in my in my post. Basically, what it boils down to is just seeing your time as a non-renewable resource and treating it that way, right? Yes. You only have so much time, so make the best of it. And then the other point that I tried to hit home with that post was that even something as little as 30 seconds counts if you add it up over a long period of time or over a lifetime. And um, yeah, I think think it's quite humbling as well as, is humbling even the right word? Is it humbling? It's... I don't think humbling is the right word. It's for me. It was um, like an awakening. That's realizing what time is and what it's worth. Yeah, I think that's a better description. Yeah, so I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, I strongly believe that time is the only finite resource you have as a human. Everything else you can pretty much figure out, or you don't actually need it. And I also don't believe those. Um, those fancy prediction gurus who predict that someone who will live to a thousand years has been born already. I think that's very overly optimistic, both on technology and what we define being alive as, but that gets super meta into, you know, is a computer alive? And if your consciousness is in a computer, is it still you? For me, there's an easy answer to that. And that's no, it's not. But we can go into that deeper someday if people are interested. But essentially, time is something you cannot replace. So my whole mentality around that is whenever I do something and invest time into it, I need to have a certain return on that time. It's like an investing thing. I'm not going to spend my money on something if I know I'm throwing money down a well. It has to have at least the potential of bringing me something that I value back. And that's why... All of the other things pretty much happened. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. Um, the word I was looking for wasn't actually a, a word. It was just kind of this um, the sense, this feeling of facing your own mortality. Um, I don't know if there's a word for that. There's a very specific feeling that's like no other feeling where you're, you're faced with like, I think the other term I used was existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like, oh, I am going to die. Yeah, but it's very rare that you get that feeling when you're actually not in a situation where you're actually about to die, right? But it's also a different kind of feeling. It's, um, I don't know, but the Latin phrase, memento mori, pretty much, that is the process of reflecting on your own mortality and then finding ways to channel you know, that into something positive and channeling that into productivity, right? Yeah. A big part of my system is kind of making the best of every single day, right? Living every day to the fullest and trying to take efficient action towards what I want to achieve every single day. And that's not always, you know, towards things that make money. It's it's towards living the life that I want to live, you know, that also involves spending time with my family and uh, just being there in, in the moment and being present. Um, if you have that as an undercurrent throughout your life, there's, I think there's a lot to be gained. 
Definitely. Yeah. So that's uh, it's kind of the gist of it. I mean, there's, I don't want to go into like detail of the whole post. People can go and read it if they want to see more. I did a cool little tool there as well. A frightening tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um, a existential crisis simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good description. <laughs> Maybe I should add that as a little footnote. I think you should. Yeah. That'll be the link to, it's on CodePen, right? I'll also link to just the CodePen calling it the existential <laughs> crisis simulator. <laughs> yeah, it's on CodePen, and then it's, uh, the CodePen one is an older version of it. Uh, the CodePen one is written in dirty, dirty jQuery, Ooh. but the new one is all fancy and view and all all the uh, cutting edge. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say on time? Do your bit. Go for it. So for me, the first real entry into what I call a productive type style life where I'm intentional with what I do was a book called Your Money or Your Life by Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. I think is how you pronounce his surname. And the book is mostly about investing and you know being smart with your money. But they do a thing where you do a, a calculation that makes time much more tangible. So for example, what you do is you take the amount of money you earn every month and then you divide that by how many hours you have to work to earn that money, including transport and, you know, getting ready for work and those kind of things. Then that'll give you a certain dollar value of how much one hour of your life is worth. Then you use that dollar value and you start thinking about purchases related to your time. So, oh, I want to buy this new MacBook. I'm going to have to work two and a half weeks just to get it. Then sometimes you'll, you'll find that purchases don't make a lot of sense. And you'll also see recurring bills that you have and taxes will be like, oh, I have to work four or five days in a month just to pay the government. Things like that start clicking, or at least it did for me in a way that made me think, okay, so I'm earning money, but actually I'm spending time here where I don't always necessarily want to be spending time. So if I'm a bit smarter with my money, then one day I'm going to have a lot more time because I'm I'm working now, I'm spending my time, but I'm banking it for the future, right? So it's that kind of a mentality. And also that led me to develop something that I've tried to blog and tried to write about, but I just can't because it's very complex and very, there's a lot of sub parts to it. The main part is it's, I call it the rule and it's pretty much the center of everything I do in my life. And it's basically a filter that for anything that wants to come into my life, it has to pass through that filter. One of the main things that the filter does is I pay very special attention to any type of content that's a recurring time investment. So for example, starting a new series, playing a game, doing a podcast, listening to podcasts, rewatching movies, even things that I know I will love that movie. I am very cautious about doing those kind of things. Because anything that's a recurring investment, you might think now it's a good idea for me to start watching all eight seasons of House or how many ever there was. But it's not necessarily a good idea for future me to be watching that because future me might have better options where future me can spend the time for something that's a better return and it's more intentional. Because a lot of the times I monkey brain and instead of doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll rather watch a show because I know I like the show. And through doing this over the past six years or so, I've limited my options quite a bit to what I allow myself to do. So usually a series will be sort of a reward for a good week or a good couple of weeks. 
I'll allow myself to watch a series that I know I like. But if there's no series that I like, then I have to read. And if Monkey Brain doesn't want to read, then maybe Monkey Brain can do a course online. But usually there's sort of tiers to it. So if there's a good series I want to watch, I'll watch that regardless of anything else I want to try and do. Because that's just how my monkey brain works. So if I limit the series options and there's nothing new for me to watch that I'm allowed to watch, then automatically the next interesting thing for my brain is reading. If I'm reading a difficult book at the moment that's really sciencey, then maybe it'll go and I'll try and watch, I'll try and do a course online instead. If there's no course online I can do because it's a bit difficult and it's writing a compiler and it's a lot of work, then maybe I'll go into something different like writing a blog post. So these sort of tiers I use to structure where I'm going to spend my time instead of just going, it's the open world, do whatever you want, because then I know I'm not going to be as intentional as I can be. And yeah, that, that's the basic gist of it. That's very interesting. That's so cool. This is, I've never thought of, so I, I always have systems and I have projects and projects have tasks. So I kind of try and prioritize them with the, the Eisenhower matrix. So if something's either important um, and urgent or important, not urgent, or what's the other one? Yeah, the, well, I always forget them. Well, I don't forget them, but you know, it's flipped around. They're not important or urgent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's four quadrants. You know what I'm talking about, right? the, the Eisenhower metrics. Yeah, right? yeah. But I've never thought of having a tiered rule set. Um, it's actually kind of blowing my mind at the moment. <laughs> yes, live reactions on the podcast. That, it's really difficult to explain or to blog about because it sounds like a really finicky thing with lots of rules and sub rules. One example is I do allow new series into my life if it's something on a topic that I know I really enjoy. Like if there's a Deadpool series, I'm going to watch the heck out of it without even thinking about it. Mm. That's totally fine because I know the reward is going to be worth the time investment. Right. Or if it's a close friend, like if you recommend I should watch a show, I'm going to watch it because I trust you and I trust your opinion on what you think I would like. But also on the flip side of that, I'm not scared to stop watching a show. If they do a Big Bang Theory and it suddenly gets all boringy, I'm going to just call it, I'm not watching the show anymore. I'm sorry, Game of Thrones, you started great, but you lost me. <laughs> and I'm not going to go spend time on something that's, you know, a five, six out of 10 on the enjoyment scale. If I know that when I remove that option, I'm rather going to spend the time reading something. Now, it might be something difficult to read because I always read nonfiction. So, you know, it's some sort of a science book. And it's not the easiest thing to do. But if there's no option of watching Game of Thrones, then I'm going to try and read the book. Mm. And if the book doesn't stick, then I'm going to try something else. And all of the options I give myself are things that are vetted through this rule. So I know spending time on any one of them is a good thing in the long run. This is very cool. I like this. We should write a book. Call it the rule. Okay, you should you should like just take everything I say and make it make it make sense. <laughs> I've literally, I've, I've got a OneNote document. I sent you that picture of when you said you wanted to talk about time. Yes. And it, I started that in 2013 and then I put it in OneNote like a couple of years later and I tried rewriting it over the holidays and I tried rewriting it again for this podcast recording. And I just, I can't, there's so many things, there's little rules that I've added. So for example, last year I fell into a trap on YouTube. There, so, okay, let me first explain my YouTube. My YouTube is only educational and science type things. So once again, 
Anytime I watch something on YouTube, it's something I'm going to find value in. It's not just a video of a dude opening some new cool cell phone or something, right? And if the YouTube bots bring me those suggestions, I go right to those three dots and I go not interested. Yep. So by doing that, I'm basically turning the YouTube algorithms on its head where they try and serve me things I'm going to be interested in and that I actually want to see. It's not just they want me to spend time on the site. It's they want to teach me something that I didn't even know exists. Yep. Make the algorithm work for you. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> last year sometime, one of the algorithms got me really badly. They gave me um, a YouTuber. His name is Mr. Carlson's Lab. And it's a Canadian guy who's an expert at electronics and he's probably an electrical engineer. And he does like repairs of vintage electronical equipment. Oh, wow. And I've always been a fan of vintage electronical equipment and electronics just in general. And he's just, he's got a great accent. So I enjoy listening to him. <laughs> His videos are well done. They're really long. The Bob Ross of electronics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's educational while he's doing it. So it's just like, it takes all my boxes. And next thing you know, I've like spent days just binging this guy's stuff. Mm. And I couldn't stop myself. I was like, I'm enjoying this so much, but I really shouldn't be watching it. But still, it's educational. I don't know. So, you know, I had to add a new clause for <laughs> the rules. Like, okay, when you have another Carson's lab, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to not go on YouTube for two weeks because you can't be tempted. And and now I'm, I'm slowly starting to go, oh, he's got a new video. Okay, I'm not allowed to watch the back catalog. New videos are okay because it's a small time commitment. It's like one hour every couple of weeks. Like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah it's tough out there, man. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, there's distractions everywhere. Oh, so many. It's a very interesting, it's a very interesting uh, system. I, I like it. I'm going to let my head go on this a bit and uh, get back to you at some point. My head's, my head is flooding with ideas. I'm open to questions. I, I'll try and explain it someday. Maybe I think I got the general idea across relatively okay. It's not like I ever feel I'm not allowed to do something because it is underlined by the fact that I want to spend my time well right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like I feel I'm limiting myself for no reason. It's not like I'm depriving myself. No, you're, you're keeping yourself on course. Yeah, I know. I'm not allowed to watch this video now. I'm not allowed to watch this daily show video because I also love watching daily show. Like when yeah. I eat lunch or something at work, then it's fine because I'm going to eat lunch. And then when I'm done, the video is done. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But I'm not allowed to watch it now because eight o'clock and I should be reading or I should be doing a course. And by doing those, making that the only option, you, you learn to live with it. It's like, okay, it's cool. I like this. This is fine. I can, I can deal with that. And it's not to say it always works. Sometimes, you know, you just need to take a break and just like, I want to watch a movie. And also for that, I've got good series and good shows that have been recommended to me by people I trust or that are in topics I know I'm going to love, but I've, I've put them on a list. Like next time I need a break, I'm going to use one of you guys. I'm not just going to go find a new show on my own. I'll never do that. Like something has to come into my bubble by people I trust. Otherwise, I'm sorry, you're not on my radar even. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's a different way of, of looking at things because I, <laughs> I'm usually someone that finds th cool things and then suggests them. So I'm not really the one that gets suggested stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's why you're so great for my, for my little bubble because you bring cool stuff all the time. And I'm just like, this is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm the filter for your rule set. Yeah. Well, you're one of the filters. Yeah. 
Oh, no, it's very interesting. Um, and there's a lot of power in having uh, rules in place as well, because there's, I came across a guy a while ago, I watched a video on, um, on Quantified Self, and I tried to go and find this video again, and I couldn't find it anyway. I was pretty sure I bookmarked it, but apparently I didn't, which I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> but anyway, the only real good takeaway from that video was that this guy, he also said where I usually lean towards creating a habit and then trying to, you know, stick to a habit. And then the habit has a defined, like, do this by this time, right? That's it. With this guy instead set rules in place in his life, similar to kind of what you're doing. Yours is a bit next level, but one of his rules, the one that hit me like the hardest, it was because of its simplicity, was the rule was no shower without exercise. Ah. So... He set a rule in his in place in his life that he's not allowed to shower if he didn't exercise. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's so powerful. Yeah. That's like, if I want to take a shower tonight, I need to exercise first. It doesn't have to be like a full 30-minute workout, but at least do like 10 push-ups and a few sit-ups. Yeah, you have to do something. You have to do something. You have to at least break a little bit of a sweat or do one of those seven minute workouts or yeah, something yeah. you know those things are intense <laughs> those things are very intense <laughs> yeah and that was like that was like wow that is a really good rule to have in your life because it's not time-based it's not location-based it's just it's just a general rule of thumb that you live your life by and that actually got me started on trying to identify a bunch more other things that you can say rules but it's not easy to set a good rule in place yeah because it's for the rule to be good it has to fit into your life without being too disruptive because if it's too disruptive you're not going to stick to it yes definitely yeah and that one was just the one example that was such a good sweet spot of being challenging but not unreasonable yeah yeah this kind of ties in with an idea that i had for a little tool that makes part of the stuff that i'm building out for uh september zero i have this idea of so like you have the boxes of weeks right typing in a bunch of recurring things or time-based things so you would for instance type in a list of books and the amount of time that you'll need to read it and then you'll get feedback from this tool telling you realistically how many books you can still read oh yeah for the rest of your life <laughs> that's really cool actually if you're kind of guessing you know how long you will live and and, you know, this kind of ties into that. So you can enter, like, this is a series. It could potentially run for, like, three seasons. Worst case, six, 45 minutes an episode. 45 minutes every week. Exactly. And then you can see then, right, you know what? I can only watch a uh, hundred more series in my life. Like, is this one of them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to start making those decisions. Yeah. And it's also, my brain is only going to be as sharp as it is for a couple of years. And then maybe then I can start watching the series because then it doesn't make as much sense as learning new things are for me now. But even just based on my career, like the return on investment for spending time just nonchalantly now versus then is it's a much bigger equation like why would you want to do that now mm. this is the valuable time yeah that's very true yeah i think i really think there's something here dude um well obviously because it's working for you <laughs> that's just the way i live my life i don't know if it's a thing and if anyone else would find value out of it i do something similar with um i have this roadmap thing that i set up in coda now coda by the way people that don't know is like a really cool 
spreadsheet meets Google Docs hybrid. Yeah, it's interesting to try and describe it. <laughs> yeah. It's like Word with a hidden Excel in it with a whole bunch of code if you want or not. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's as simple or complex as you need it to be. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's interesting. So I set up this whole flow. So it's called Roadmap. I got the idea from the guy who invented Bullet Journal, Ryder Carroll. So he did a TED talk on his process of getting focus in his life and, and making sure he's on the right direction. And he has this roadmap thing, which I kind of adapted into my own little tool, which basically what it is, is it's, it's a roadmap. So you start off just doing like a mental inventory. You just write down a list of everything you, you want to do, right? And then you or need to do or want to do or should do or whatever. Okay. So that's hinting at what you do. Then you categorize these things as things that you need to do. You absolutely have to do these things, things that you should be doing and things that you want to do, right? Yes. You split this into three separate lists. Then um, the next thing that you do is you go through each item and you check, you mark it, is this vital and does it matter? If the answer is no for both, you discard the item. Ah, yeah. If it's not vital and it doesn't matter, you don't have to do it. Yeah, why bother? Don't bother. And then you take these items and then you go and you break them up into projects, right? Because there they will be stuff that's loosely related, like things related to things you need to do around the house, things related to family, things related to um, a specific work project, right? Then you start building projects and tasks and actions and habits out of the things that's left over. And then you build up from there. So this is a tool that... You can either use it when you're lost and don't have direction to get a, a foothold, right? You just start off with just dumping out a list of everything that you want to do and should do and and need to do, and then you kind of work through this process. Um, now, I, like I do, complicated it a bit more <laughs> and took it to a next level where when I list out the stuff, I also give each thing a priority and I also give it a, a priority score and I give it an effort score. Um, and then I have a little algorithm that works out a total score. So priority bumps it up and effort brings it down. If it's important and it's also a lot of effort, then that weighs a little bit differently than something that's very important, but low effort. Yeah, it's easier to do that and get it done than do the big effort thing first. Exactly. So what that gives me is a score that I can sort by that tells me, okay, which are the things I can knock out quick, right? Or the quick wins and which are the ones that I need to, you know, work on over a longer time. Just because it, it has a low score doesn't mean I'm not doing it. It just means like this is going to be a lot of work. Make sure that you break this out into more steps and that you think about this, right? Yeah. This is probably a project on its own if it's high effort and high priority. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it's kind of an adaption on another thing that I wrote, which can be found on my code pen. It's called the goal decision matrix. Mm, official sounding. I wrote this quite a quite a while ago. Um, by the way, knowledge bomb. Well, not knowledge bomb. What is it? Um, I don't know. But if anyone wanted to know what the meaning of life is, <laughs> let's get into the deep stuff. <laughs> the meaning of life. Are you ready for this? Okay. The meaning of life is living a life of meaning. Whoa. <laughs> 
That's great. I like that. I'm going to steal mm-hmm. that. Definitely. Go for it. I don't know where I heard that, where I saw that, um, how it came into my life, but <laughs> it's something that I've just always kind of known. I don't know. It's weird. No. Anyway. If you live a life of meaning, then these things happen. You get that knowledge. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So in the goal decision matrix, you kind of just you add your goal then you give it an impact score. So this is an impact on your life, the lives of people around you, like how much difference will this make? So it's like a social kind of impact score. You give it a, a effort score. Um, higher effort brings down the total sum. So the effort is a negative value. And then you give it a fulfillment score. How fulfilled will you be if you actually achieve this goal? And then the values one is how much does this align with my values? And then it gives you a total. And if you then sort by, uh, I don't even think I built sorting into this thing. No, I didn't. But anyway, it'll give it a score. Then basically it gives you this goal is the best goal to be working towards. This goal is not that a great goal to be working to. It doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means like this is maybe the better thing to be focusing on first. Yeah, yeah. This is a confirmation that you're maybe on the right track with this. It's just like a little bit of a confirmation saying like, you know what, this this could be this could be great. Maybe maybe you should look into this. Yeah, I like that. It needs a lot of work. The algorithm is flawed. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's kind of just tweaked a little bit and you're overcritical. I think it's it's fine. <laughs> um I seem to remember that you can make templates or something on Coda. Do you want to make your one a template so that people can go play with it? I will. Yes. Yes. I'll Great. See, it's the third thing. We're doing a podcast. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I might have to adapt it into a spreadsheet. We'll have to see because um, Coda is still in beta and I don't know if anyone can just get access. I know I can give people access. I uh, depends. I don't know how the invite system works, and if I only have limited invites, we'll figure it out. It's it's fine. Yeah, I need to invite people individually per email, so that's not scalable. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've mentioned Coda in the podcast, I'm sure they're going to have open registrations in like two days. Oh yeah, it's gonna yes. it's gonna be the toggle effect all over again. Totally, Coda. <laughs> you're welcome. 